Do you know people that claim that God speaks to them? Does God really speak to people today? And if he does, what does it sound like? Is it a voice? Is it a feeling? Is it, you know, some kind of force? I mean, what does it really mean when people say that God spoke to them? In this episode of Life 66, I want to talk to you about how to hear God's voice. This is Pastor Greg Winschlag at Abundant Life, and I'm glad to be with you again on uh, Life 66. A lot of people claim that God talks to them. And you know, it's not really a far-fetched claim. The Bible says that God does talk to us. Now, if he's really a father, if he really loves us, then why wouldn't he talk to us? I mean, let's think about it for a minute, that God made us, and he made us to communicate with each other. In the, in the Bible, it talks about God communicating with us. Jesus came down from heaven and communicated with us. That, that God is always wanting to try to communicate with us, to bridge that gap between this really mysterious spirit world and, and this world that we know here in the present. And so we've got to be able to unravel this communication issue between man and God. Jesus said this in John chapter 16, verses 5 to 16. It's a whole context. I'll just read one part of it. It says, Jesus is talking, says, Now I am going to him who sent me, the Father, but I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now that's Jesus' promise. How is the Spirit going to guide us into all truth? Well, we see later on in the scriptures that the Holy Spirit um, came up, uh, came down from and, and indwelled people so that no longer is God with us, God is in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. So if he's inside of us, he wants to communicate with us, to lead us, to guide us. And so we truly can talk to God, and that's what prayer is all about, is talking to God. We can hear from God. So it's not just a monologue. What kind of conversation is that if it's all you talking and God never talking? So in this episode of Life 66, I want to give you some principles about how God talks to us and how you can hear from God. So I'm going to give you five of those, five principles to help you hear from God. Number one, you first have to develop a close relationship with God. That how do you really know what someone's voice sounds like if you don't know them at all? I can get a phone call from somebody that I'm really close to, and I don't have to ask who it is on the other line. I know that it's somebody, well, I just know the person, I know their voice. But if it's somebody I don't know, I have to ha- ask them to identify themselves because I don't know their voice. It's the same with God. That the closer you get to him, the more time you spend with him, the more uh, you pray and the more you listen, the more you start to develop that listening ear. And that comes through the relationship. In Isaiah chapter 6, there's an interesting story or picture rather of Isaiah the prophet being uh, in God's presence. And God is, is asking the question, whom will I send and who will go for us? It's a prophetic type question. Uh, but Isaiah responds and says, here am I, send me. The context is really not the issue. It's the fact that Isaiah was close enough to God to hear God speak, and then he could respond to what God was saying. So the first thing we need to do is develop that closeness with God. Many people you know, aren't very close to God, so when he talks, and he could be talking all the time, they just don't realize it's him. They don't know it's his voice, and so they don't know it's God when he's speaking. I remember one of the 
you know, most moving times that I heard God speak. And I've heard God speak a lot. And it's not mysterious. It's not weird. Uh, it's because he's God. And I've been following him for 40 plus years. But I remember when my oldest daughter, Laura, was really little. She was a newborn, actually. And I was sitting in our apartment. And she was in my arms. And Sandra was off at work. And there was just the two of us sitting there. And and she was just little, little tiny, maybe a couple of months, maybe old. Maybe it was even weeks. I can't remember. But the sun was shining through the the uh, living room window and just glowing right on this little perfect girl, my firstborn. And I just lost control. I just started to weep and to just tear and thinking, oh my God, there is nothing more beautiful than this right here. And I just, the, the love just welled up inside of me. And I, I don't think I said out loud, I love you, but the feelings were so rich and so powerful of loving this little child. And right then, the Spirit of God just cut right in there. And I heard in my heart, not audibly, but in my heart as, as loud as it could have been audible, that God just said, and that's how much I love you too. And that just, it just melted me to know that God was with me and that in that moment of just outpouring of emotion and love that God was there and 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 I learned immediately the love of the father has for us by being a father so that relationship was really what opened my mind and my heart to the voice of God so that's number 1 develop a relationship number 2 you have to be willing to hear from God some people you know pray and pray and pray and they talk and talk and talk and they don't let God get a word in edgewise. Maybe you've been in conversations with people like that, that they love to talk and they love to hear their own voice, but they're really not interested in hearing what anybody else has to say. Well, we've got to be willing to listen to what God says and to hear from him. In Matthew 13, Jesus said this, he said, he who has ears, let him hear. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. For the people's heart has become calloused. They, all, they hardly hear with their ears, but blessed are your ears because they hear. Now, Jesus wasn't talking about having an ear you know, uh, problem in regard to physical ears, like some kind of deformity. He's talking about the attitude of the ears. Are you willing to hear or are you not willing to hear? Do you expect to hear from God? Do you want to hear from God? Now, truly, some people don't want to hear from God because they don't want to know what they don't want to know what he has to say. They don't want to know what he's going to say because they're afraid he's going to say something they don't like, or he's going to ask them to do something they don't like, or he's going to ask them to change something they don't like. So a lot of people just don't want to hear it. But if you want to hear God speak, you have to be willing to hear him speak. You have to develop that closeness. Now, many times, sad to say, but it's the truth that Sandra will be speaking to me and she'll be trying to explain something to me, but but I've got my mind somewhere else and I'm just not focused. I'm not paying attention. To which she'll break in and say, are you even listening to me? And I'm caught in that moment. I'm sure, you know, we've all been there at some point in our life. But that's the way it happens with God sometimes. He's talking, but we're not focused. We're not, we're not listening to him. And so we've got to develop that listening ear. We've got to be willing to want to hear from God. And so when we pray each day, uh, develop a little time or, or set aside a time in your prayer life when it's not just you talking, but you're allowing God to speak to you too. And ask him, say, God, I don't really know how all this works. I'm not really sure you know, how your voice is going to sound in my heart or in my mind, but 
I just want to hear you. I want to, to understand what it's like to hear you talk to me. Now, that's not to say that it's just in your prayer time, that you can listen to God 24-7. For me, God doesn't usually talk to me when I'm praying. I hear his voice through other means, like the scriptures and things, but most of the time when I'm just about my normal day, like I told a story about Laura, that he'll just cut in and uh, he'll say something to me and it'll stop me in my tracks and I'll realize, whoa, that was God. He does that very, very often. So be willing to hear him all the time. Number three, you have to eliminate the competing noise from your life. Eliminate the noise. Mark 1, 35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. There is noise in our life. You, you've heard it, right? I'm not talking about freeway noise or you know loud music. I'm talking about life noise, the competing stresses, the, the pressures, the uh, opinions, the cultural opinions, um, the news, um, your social media, you know, all these things that are competing for your attention or pulling on you and talking to you, just the bombardment of noise. I wonder, are you a person who can get into the car and just drive silently? Or do you have to have something on all the time? When you go home at the end of the day, do you have to turn the TV on or have to turn music on? Because quiet kind of drives you a little crazy. Well, a lot of us are like that. We've conditioned ourselves to want to have noise or else we get a little, you know, just nuts because it's just too quiet. I know some people, uh, when I was going to school, would love to study with the music on or love to study in a restaurant because if it was in the library, it was too quiet and they couldn't concentrate. Isn't that kind of sad where if it's too quiet, you can't concentrate? We have a friend who's who lives, her home is just right next to the freeway and um, she's lived there her whole life since she was you know a child. And she's just used to the whooshing, whooshing, whooshing of the cars going by on the freeway. So that now when she's in a quiet place, like a camping scenario or something, it's hard for her to sleep because she's so used to the noise. And it's, it's really difficult uh, when it's so quiet. You know, we've got to eliminate the noise. How hard is it to hear when you've got 15 people talking in a, in a restaurant and you're trying to listen to someone? You've got to really lean in and, and give ear to the person who's talking to you because there's so many noises. So much better to leave the noise, maybe go to a quiet place, then you can concentrate and really hear who's speaking to you. So I want to ask you, what are the noises that are keeping you from hearing God? What noises in your life are competing and, and fighting for His voice? It'd be a good idea to eliminate some of those. And if you can't eliminate them altogether, at least take time in your day where you get away quietly like Jesus did, and He went out to a solitary place and prayed. Because we've got to develop that listening ear. So those are three attitudes that develop a close relationship, be willing to hear, and eliminate noise. In these last two, I want to give you some really practical ways that God speaks and, and ways that you can test whether His vo- that's his voice or not. So in number four, um, let's recognize the ways that God speaks to us. Recognize the ways God speak to us, speaks to us. The most common one is that God speaks to us through the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, God's word is profitable for teaching and correcting and rebuking and training. And so he speaks primarily through his word. That's why we call it his word. It's God talking to us. Now, it's not 
a dialogue necessarily, but I guarantee you this. I have heard God speak to me, I don't know how many times, countless times, by reading the scriptures every day. So if you want to practice listening to God, then every day, open your Bible, begin to read it, but don't read it like it's a novel. Read it like it's God speaking. And even ask him, pray before you read and say, God, would you just talk to me through what I read today? And he'll talk to you through a story or through a you know a teaching in the, in the epistles or through a a psalm, or even some of the historical books, God will speak to you, yeah, to your heart. So read your Bible. That's his primarily primary message uh, messaging system. Another one is through people. That I've heard God talk through people a lot. Maybe it's a sermon I'm listening to, or a teaching, or the podcast I listen to. When I'll hear something, and I'll know that that was for me, that God meant that for me. When I preach on Sunday mornings at Abundant Life, a lot of people will say that that they felt that God spoke to them through the preaching as I deliver it. Now, I wasn't thinking, this is God and I'm going to speak to someone. I was just teaching. And right from the word, God will take that and he'll plant it in somebody's heart. So a lot of times through people. Circumstances are another way that God speaks to us. Like you have the story of Jonah in the Old Testament, where he said no to God. I'm not going to do what you say. I'm not going to go to the people you want me to talk to. And so as a result, if you know the story, Jonah runs away. He ends up in a t- terrible storm. He knew that the storm was because he was disobedient. Uh, he asked the, the sailors to throw him into the sea. They did. A big fish came and swallows him up. And while he's there, he realizes these circumstances are because I'm disobedient. So God was talking to him through those circumstances and caused him to understand that, that he was in the wrong. Visions and dreams are another way that God speaks to us. Now, you know, to be honest, sometimes dreams happen because we ate too much the night before. But sometimes God will speak to us uh, through a dream. And so it's good to maybe write down the ones that you think are particularly uh, interesting or unique, or there's just a, a heaviness of them. Write them down and then pass them by a friend or somebody who's mature in the faith. And let them uh, you know, have, have a conversation with them about that. that. The Old Testament is full of examples of people having uh, God talking to them through dreams. Another one that's, you know, I think it's probably pretty rare, but actually I don't know if it's that rare or not, and that's through angels. That uh, Hebrews 13 says that people entertain angels at times, and they're even unaware of it. And so that's why angelic communication is kind of strange because we may have had an angel talk to us, but we didn't know they were an angel, so we never gave it a second thought. But God does have ministering angels. They're real. And uh, he uses them at times to communicate with us. How God speaks to us is not really necessarily audible. I've never heard God speak audibly. I don't know anyone that's heard God speak audibly. Uh, But most of the time, or if it's not through the scriptures, it's to your mind. God just speaks and there's this heavy impression, there's this heavy understanding that that wasn't a thought that I had myself. That was a thought from God. And those things that God speaks, it's usually something that you would not have thought about. It's usually something that's so strange or even random that just jumps into your mind and you have to you know, take a moment to pause and think about it. And God will speak to you that way. I know I've had God you know, speak to me many times that way and uh, just right to my mind. And the funny thing is that it sounds like my own voice, that God doesn't change his voice and speak to our mind. It sounds like me thinking 
So that's why it's necessary for, for us to learn how to discern if it's God's voice or just our own thinking. I'll get to that in the next point. Um, but listen to those things when God speaks. Listen to those promptings. I remember, you know, one time the church was in some financial issues and and uh, we had some money coming our way uh, through a, a, a property that the church had sold and the, and the church that bought the property owed us, you know, $300,000. And uh, myself and the leaders were really wrestling with what we should do because the church couldn't pay us and the balloon payment was due. And people were saying, well, just foreclose on them or, um, you know, demand payment and, you know, it's up to them how they're going to get it. And just kind of, none of those ideas really sat well with me. And uh, so I was just, put, you know, puttering around the house and, and in mid stride, I heard just the voice of God say, give it to him. Seriously, like give it to him. Don't, don't collect it. And I fought that one off. I said, there's no way that can be God. I'm not doing that. We need this money. And uh, so I just, I just excused it. I didn't even give it a second thought. But it was heavy on my heart, and I felt like it was God. But I was ignoring it, and I was pushing it away. Well, it wasn't but a couple of months later, one of our board members in one of our meetings in discussing what we should do about getting this money said, you know, why don't we just give it to him? And immediately my heart you know, had the confirmation that that's what we ought to do. But I was still fighting it. I kept my mouth shut. Well, the other board members began to discuss it. And through the discussion, everybody agreed that this is what we should do. And we ended up doing that. We gave it to them. We released all $300,000 to this other church. And uh, the powerful thing was the membership agreed with it. And it wasn't a couple months later that someone cashed in a bunch of stock and yep, you guessed it. The amount that was given on that cash out of stock was $300,000. God had returned it because of the act of obedience. Now, I can't say it was my obedience. I wasn't obedient at all. I wanted to do something different, and I didn't want to release the money. I was scared and you know, just didn't want to do it. But thank God for good leaders that, that heard from God, and, uh, and, and it was a miracle. But it was just God talking. So anyway, God will speak to your mind. Well, how do you test it? Number five, learn how to test what you think you hear. How do you test God's voice when he does talk to you? First Thessalonians 5, 19 to 21 says, Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good and avoid every kind of evil. So how do you test God's voice when you hear it or when you think you hear it? There's a few ways you can test it. Number one, is it consistent with the, what the Bible says? You know immediately if you're hearing something and it's uh, in conflict with what the Bible says, then it's not God. God will not contradict himself. So that's the easiest way. If it's not uh, something that agrees with the Bible, then forget it. But number two, is it consistent with God's nature? That's important. Is If it, if it feels like it's something that is not you know, uh, in, in, uh, that's not consistent with the fruit of the Spirit. It's not something that would be loving or kind or patient or generous or peaceful or faithful. If it's inconsistent with his character, then that's something that you would resist. Like if it's going to hurt someone or put someone in danger or go against one of God's principles, it's not his nature. So you can dispose of that. Uh, I test by running the thoughts I have by other mature believers. 
there's a lot of people in my life that are that are very mature. And if I have a thought that I think might be from God, I'll ask them. And I'll say, what do you guys think about this? And I'll get response. And in the book of Psalms says there's wisdom in many counselors. And so I will uh, ask them and then weigh on it and think about it and pray on it more until I really land on where I feel that uh, that was God's voice. And almost invariably, uh, I'm able to test uh, with the wisdom of others helping me. And then the last one is test it with time. If you really can't get your handle on it and you really just can't determine if it's God or not, then just don't move on it. Wait. You, you, waiting is never a problem. Um, if you don't know it's God, it's bad. It's always bad to jump ahead of him and just take matters into your own hands and, and just do it anyway. It's always a bad way to, to operate. Wait. Let him guide you. Let him direct you. If you're not sure, he gets it. He knows that that we're fallible and that we're frail in, our, in listening. So just wait, and he'll make it clear. And when he does, then you can move with with uh, security and with boldness. Um, there's a there's an acronym that uh, I like to use, and it's the word HALTS, H-A-L-T-S. And while you're waiting, or while you're trying to discern God's voice, it's always a bad idea to make a big decision when you are either hungry, that's the H in HALTS, when you're angry, that's the A, lonely, L, tired or stressed, HALTS, H-A-L-T-S. So if you're praying and you think you heard from God, you're not sure you've heard from God, then ask yourself, am I hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or stressed? And if you feel any of those feelings or any of those things, then just don't make the decision right away. Don't act on it right away. Get yourself in a better frame of mind and keep praying, keep looking at God's word, keep considering his nature, and, uh, and then make a decision when you're a little less you know, anxious with those things in your life. Just want to mention five more things, real quick, real quick things. If it requires you, if this thing that you're trying to test, this, this thing you think is God's voice, if it requires you to make a major life-changing decision in a very short period of time, be wary of that. Be wary. God is a planner. God is a God who, who wants us to move with him in a systematic way. He will lead you. He will guide you. He won't jerk you around. So if it requires for you to make a major life-changing decision in a short time, be wary. If it requires you to go deeply into debt, I can almost guarantee you that's not God's word. Now, of course, we realize that there is such a thing as manageable debt, and we can we can work with that. But if it requires you to go deeply in debt and you think it's a step of faith, I wouldn't do it. Just Just wait on that until God makes things more clear. Number three, if it places someone else in a compromising position or in danger, I'd question that. I would think that can't be God if, if what I do is going to put somebody else in a really compromising spot. That's not God's nature. Next one, if it requires you to break with family or important relationships, I'd be very wary of that. God is a God of unity. God is a God of togetherness. He builds family. He loves us. He wants us to be together. So if it requires you to uh, break from a family member or a close relationship, uh, I'd be very wary of that one as well. And last, if this thing creates unrest in trusted, mature Christian friends or counselors, I'd be wary of that as well. That if people around you are saying, I don't know, man, I'm not feeling good about it, then trust them. God speaks to us all and he wants us to be able to communicate together and to help each other, to bear each other's burdens. 
So be wary if, if there's the feeling there too. So if we put these principles into play, let's go back to the beginning. You got to have a close relationship with God. How do you know his voice if you're not in close relationship? You have to be willing to hear. You have to want to hear and focus in each day. You have to eliminate the noises. You have to then learn how God speaks and then learn to test the, the, the things you hear when you pray. If you'll practice these things, I guarantee you, because God wants to talk to you. He wants to. He loves you. You're his son. You're his daughter. That you'll learn how to hear his voice, and you'll be uh, a person who just walks in closer intimacy with him. Oswald Chambers said this. He said, get in the habit of saying, speak, Lord, and life will become a romance. I love that. God wants to be close to us, and when you learn to listen to him and are willing to listen to him, you'll find God leading you in really, really amazing ways. I hope this has been helpful for you today. I know I put these things into practice all the time because I want to hear God speak. He's God. I'm not. He knows the future. I don't. Why wouldn't I want to hear him speak? So as you practice these things, I know you're going to be able to hear God's voice more and you'll be uh, able to live a life of peace because it's not you guessing all the time. It's God leading you step by step. So hope this has been helpful. Let's practice listening to God and hearing his voice. And uh, I know your life will be much, much more fulfilled as you live, as he guides you. God bless you. Love you guys a lot. Hey, I want to just let you know, too, uh, tune into our Sunday morning uh, live stream at 10 o'clock on the ALAG online website. That's ALAGonline.com. Every Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, while we're in this shelter-in-place coronavirus thing, uh, tune in, and uh, you get more good teaching on prayer. And uh, love to have you. God bless you. This is Life 66, Pastor Greg. Till next time. Bye-bye.